Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC Denver. Our main event is the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung taking on Yair Pantoja Rodriguez. And I don't think, I, you know, that is his nickname, correct? Somebody... I'm having a weird senior moment. It has been Pantera, I think. Pantera, Pantoja. I'm thinking of Alexandre Pantoja because I'm gonna get this yeah. flyweight, flyweight news stuck in my head. Pantoja's fighting in a week, isn't he? I think so. I was I was watching tape, and I'm pretty sure that's why that popped into my head. Anyway, our main event: Korean Zombie taking on Pantera, Yair Rodriguez. Home main event is I'm most looking forward to Platinum Mike Perry taking on. Donald Cowboy Cerrone here. Fight IQ, this is your first time watching or listening. First of all, thank you. Here to break down this card from a DraftKings perspective. I am your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, the analyst. We have Joe Sunsu, Chris, who I'm just going to go at real Chris Olsen because it is his Twitter handle. Coming off UFC 230, a really fun card. I'm just going to, I'm going to, we're just going to lead off with it because Chris won't tell us what this is. He has an airing of grievances. What got? What did me and Joe do that got you so fired up? Well, medium fired up because you won't tell us. Well, I I just thought this would be a little more fun. I I know it's not Festivus quite yet, but I think uh, I think an airing is in order. I mean, as you guys all know, and if you don't, uh, last week on the show I picked uh, Jordan Rinaldi quite convincingly. He had a wonderful performance. 
he won. And what do I see on Twitter except my two compatriots, my two podcast brethren? Now I I am not um, I am not like an arrogant guy. I don't mind sharing the spotlight. So you can thank or say good call to whoever you want, but to not you, even wait, include you should, me. You should, you to should not even include me. <laughs> yes, that's right. Sergeant really, Scorpion. You should really like see that was Joe. That wasn't me. I wasn't involved in that. I was tagging the post, but I wasn't involved. But oh, you really, I think I think you, both the I think I you saw really both should pump the brakes because we get to talk about Amanda Bobby Cooper on this card. So oh, you man. really need to watch what you're going to do. Do you really want to take issue with the fact that I praised a veteran of our country? A veteran I, no, of no, 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 wars? no, 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 no. Praise him. <laughs> praise me also. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, in all honesty, Chris, I forgot that you made that call. I would have. I would have given you props. Uh, you guys. You guys are dead to me. Dead to I me. Told you, I totally I, forgot. I didn't do anything. But 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 you know what? Yours. I was distracted. I was distracted by Tommy at the fights, and uh, you oh, know. Some some good times to be had. Thank you for yeah. to DraftKings. By the way, I, I'm gonna take take some of the spotlight. I mentioned this on Twitter. You'll notice in the contest pool now whether this was directly me or not, I don't know, but I'll take credit for it. We're talking to one of the um, person from DraftKings who puts up contests, and I was in his ear a couple of times. Like these forty four dollar forty four dollar GPP is it's not good. We all missed the twenty seven dollar and and or the uh, thirty three dollar, and I I mentioned that a couple of times and. Look, look what we have back this week. It, it very, is the very, return. So let's fill it up. Hopefully um, it sticks around because it's, it's a much, much better contest. Um, before we dive into the fight card, got a shout out to our sponsor, Rotowire, Rotowire MMA. Um, go to rotowire.com slash free. Check out all the paid content that Rotowire offers 10 days for free. No credit card required. Season long content, for all sports, daily fantasy content. For all sports, optimizers, picks, articles, stats, all that great stuff. Make sure and check it out over there. You can follow all of us on Twitter at Real Chris Olson, at Sunsu, at the DFS Sniper with one S. That's enough intro. Let's get to these fights. Marca De La Rosa, 9,000, taking on Joby Sanchez at 7,200. The line on this fight, I wish my best fight odds screen would stop moving around on me. Mark De La Rosa is the favorite, minus 245. Joby Sanchez, the dog, at plus 225. You know, before we dig into this fight, I, I, I said enough of the intro, but I wanted to go back to one more thing. Guys, if you're watching this, we do this live. Type questions. Chat's always open. If you're listening to it after the fact, we usually record these Fridays at 8 o'clock. Tonight it's 8.30. Um, that's actually on me. Just personal stuff I had to bump back, but... Love the um, interactive questions. I'm getting some more follows on Twitter and talking about the um, show. So thanks for all the support. Click, click the subscribe button. Click the like button. If you listen to it after the fact, go and find Rotowire on YouTube and subscribe. Up. Now I'm done with the intro. Let's talk about Mark De La Rosa. Uh, look, I think he's a UFC caliber fighter. If the UFC was going to keep a 125-pound division, Joby Sanchez, I think, is just below that. I think De La Rosa especially has an advantage on the ground. We saw that in his last fight. I think he's better everywhere. The one concern for DraftKings, he's my pick, obviously. The one concern is how high is he going to score um, with some of the other studs around him. So with that in mind, let's kick off the show with Chris. What do you got? Yeah, I was so excited when we were talking before the show and you told me the picks that everybody was playing because I've been pretty chalky the last two weeks and I get to be my usual divergent self. I'm, oh, uh, God. I'm, I'm picking 
Uh, Joby Sanchez here. I think um, I think their striking styles are pretty similar. They both like to blitz forward with strikes, but I think the difference is that Joby Sanchez um, is going to be quicker, more agile. I also think uh, he's a bit better defensively. He's got good uh, in and out movement. And you know, um, you know, I know that De La Rosa. You might give him the jujitsu edge. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. I think maybe maybe. They're a little bit more even than people think, but that's not really my main concern. My main concern is the scrambling. Um, Joby Sanchez is very scrambly. Uh, we saw uh, De La Rosa get heavily outscrambled by Tim Elliott in their fight, and I mean literally all fight. So even if um, De La Rosa can get him to the ground, I'm not so sure he can you know, keep him there to do what he wants to do. And I think on the feet, uh, as I said, Joby Sanchez is just going to be a tick faster. I think his striking is a bit more solid, a bit more polished. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Joby Sanchez in a line that I think is pretty far off to start the night. I, I think I think we're near right. I will concede that I, Joby Sanchez will be the faster fighter. I just think De La Rosa does get him down. It's able to control down there. So that's where we disagree. Joe, break the tie. Look, I think it's interesting that uh, De La Rosa and his wife actually fight at the same weight. They're both 125ers. Montana De La Rosa. Yeah. Um, as it's, you know, this, this whole card, I'm just going to make a, a statement. This whole card is really weird. There's a lot of Dana White contender series alums on this card. There's short notice replacements. It, it, it's really crazy. This card. Um, let's not forget that Sanchez is one in three in the UFC. Um, all three of his losses on his record have come in the UFC in his last fight. He put up a grand total of one half of one point. Um, I mean, it, it should be like the SATs. You know, you get a point for signing your name. He didn't even get a full point. Um, it's hard for me to back a guy like that. I think De La Rosa is better than the other Sanchez that uh, that's, that finished uh, this Sanchez in his last fight. So I'm going to go with uh, De La Rosa here to win pretty convincingly. All right, let's move on to our next fight of the night. We have Eric Shelton taking on Joseph Morales. Shelton, 8,200. Morales, 8,000. Uh, line in this fight is lined like you think it would. Eric Shelton, minus 115, taking on uh, uh, Morales to come back, plus 105. Problem with Shelton is he fights close. Every one of his fights is close split decisions. You could argue he won all of them. You could argue he lost all of them. Uh, fights really close. I think ultimately the advantage in this one is going to be I think Morales will get takedowns and win rounds that way. I think it goes to a decision and it's tight. Anything could happen in this fight. This is the fight I'm least sure about on the card, as the line would indicate. It just makes me nervous that how close Shelton continually fights. Like I said, I think the takedown of it, we've seen Shelton taken down in fights before. I think that's where I'm going to lean the edge for a decision. Give me Joseph Morales, but it's one of my least confident plays, and I don't think you're going to need a ton of this fight either way. Joe? Yeah, I mean, Morales looked good in his debut. He's a team alpha male guy. Um, they tend to do good in the lighter weights. Uh, he got lit up against Figueredo. I mean, I, I think I actually may have played him um, in some DraftKings lineups as a dog, not realizing how good Figueredo was. Um, he's young. You know, the thing with Shelton is he's, yeah, he's missed a split decision. He's he's good everywhere, but he seems to fight. He doesn't, he seems to fight to his competition. So what does that mean here? Another split decision either way? It's kind of hard to say. The one thing I do agree is that 
I don't know that you need to have a lot of this fight. Quite frankly, making another general statement, I'm not at all thrilled with with the vast majority of the mid range. I kind of like the I like the upper range, and I like a number of fighters sub 8K, but there's not too many guys I like in the mid range. So we lost the best mid range fight. Yeah, I, I you know if I think so too. If we have to pick a winner here, shop I'll pick Morales, but it's a it's a very it's with very low confidence. Just adding to that, by the way, um, if we had had this 8300 Benavides 7900 Borg fight, I would have had so much Ray Borg, I would have been choking on it. My my initial lineup had Borg in it. The first lineup that I made had Borg in it. I would have had a ton. But anyway, moving on. What do you have, Chris, on uh, Morales Shelton? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with both you guys. Um I, you know, I like Eric Shelton, you know, just to look at him. I think he's a toolsy fighter. I think he's quick. I think he's got uh, kind of sneaky power. He knocked down, uh, who was it, Jared Gordon in their fight? Jared Gordon or Jared Brooks, I can never remember. One of the Jareds he knocked down. Um, and, uh, you know, he, huh? Brooks it was? Brooks is the tiny one. All right. So, um, yeah, and uh, I, he's got some of his own offensive wrestling, too. Um, the problem is, like you said, he tends to fight the split decision. And I think the reason for that is he's basically like the ultimate counter striker. Um, he just loves it when his opponents come to him. I think, uh, Morales is going to give him some of that fight. And, uh, I think he can succeed there just by sort of sliding out of range and hitting counters and maybe going for his own reactive takedowns. I do kind of share your concerns that, you know, he could get trapped on bottom again. We've uh, we've obviously seen that happen to him. And even if he does win, might not be, you know, uh, might not be too convincing, might not be too many points. But as far as the pick goes, I'm, I'm going to take Shelton here. All right. Devontae Smith, 9,100, taking on Julian Juicy J. Arosa, 7,100. Line on this fight is um, it's pretty wide. I'm stalling for a second. It is minus 215. Not as wide as I thought, actually. Minus 215 for Devontae Smith on five dimes. That's the lowest actually out there. Other places, 230, 240, 250. Looking at five dimes, he's minus 215. Arosa, the comeback on that site, is plus 195. Look, Devontae Smith, you have to, you've heard it. If you listen to this, I'm assuming you listen to other breakdown episodes of an MMA. If not, this is this is the narrative. Devontae Smith, his one loss is to John Gunther, who's also fighting on this card, who may be the worst fighter in the UFC. He lost that fight because he beat the ever-living snot out of Gunther, and Gunther's a punching bag, and Devontae Smith gassed out. Here's my worry with this. Devontae Smith should just roll over Julian Arosa. He's stronger, he's faster, hit harder. It should be a first-round knockout. But here's the concern. Devontae Smith, including the Gunther fight, We've seen gas tank issues. He's taken this fight on nine days' notice, and it's in Denver. If he doesn't get out, get this out of the first round, or he gets out of the first round, we have some worries here. That's the only worry I see in this fight, but it's a legitimate one and one to point out. Still give me Devontae Smith by first-round knockout. That's the one concern. Chris, what do you have? Yeah, no, I basically agree. Again, this is getting kind of annoying, but I basically yeah, agree. We'll um, it's coming. <laughs> But um, you know what? You know what? Just a few fights away. Yeah, no, I know. But uh, you know what? This this remi- this kind of reminds me of is um, 
you know, I'm getting, I get, I'm getting flashbacks to uh, Andrew Sanchez and Ryan James, where uh, Andrew Sanchez just beat the crap out of him for about a round, and then just got tired, and, and James took over. Um, Julian Arosa just stands straight up, wants you to brawl with him, isn't very quick. Um, Devontae's going to be the much faster fighter. Uh, he's he's got some power as well, um, and Arosa's a tough dude. Um, the, he got knocked out in the UFC by uh, Turudi Shihara on a counter punch that I don't think he saw, which, as they say, is the one that gets you. And, um, you know, I mean, like I said, I basically agree with you. I don't think there's too much more to say. Um, Erosa could use some wrestling. We've seen him, you know, catch kicks and, and convert takedowns that way. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to pick Devontae here just because I can't trust uh, – I can't trust Erosa to keep himself safe enough. But – if uh, we see gas tank issues at altitude, then uh, yeah, Rosa could definitely stick around for the win. Joe? Yeah, I mean, not another fight. Another fight that I don't exactly love. <laughs> um, in addition to being knocked out by Ishitar, I believe he also lost to uh, Artem Lobov. Um, you know, that's uh, that's one of Lobov's what twelve wins. Um, well, no, that was uh, oh, that, that was an exhibition. Oh yeah, okay. That was so that, fighter house, wasn't so it? that didn't count. Okay, well it counts, but it doesn't count. How dare you disrespect he, the goat? He still How lost. He still lost. Anyway, he's got a. He should be able to fight at range, but he doesn't. I mean, he's got a height and reach advantage over almost everybody he fights. Um, hard for me to get too excited about a guy that was uh, finished by John Gunther, although he did gas in that fight. Um, and the same thing can happen here if, if you know. If Juicy J is is smart about it, he'll he'll stay on the engine for the first round, you know. Let Devonte Smith get tired, and then you know try to make something happen in the second and perhaps third round. I don't know if he's got that type of fight IQ, so I guess I'll go with Devonte Smith. But probably my least favorite play in the upper range. It's interesting just because with the potential for a first round knockout, I think he's one of my favorite GPP plays. Just because I think, I mean, he he's got the hundred and hundred hundred to hundred ten point ceiling. I think is is high ceiling, pretty, low four, pretty clearly there. Yeah, so I think I like him a little bit more. Just I, I don't like Juicy J at all. But somebody I love and everyone should love is Davi Hamos, ninety five hundred, taking on the aforementioned John Gunther at sixty seven hundred. This line is, yeah, I'm going to find the most outrageous one. Let's see. Yeah, on one book, he's minus eleven eleven. Yeah, five dimes minus nine thirty five. Uh, comeback on Gunther is anywhere between six hundred and seven fifty, depending where you look. And you can get Davi Hamos as a steal at minus eight thirty three in this one book I'm looking at. Oh boy. Anyway, John Gunther grapples um, relentlessly, but he's not great at it. He leaves his neck out. He can be. Davi Hamos is a ridiculous BJJ practitioner. Go rewatch the back take. The back take he had against Nick Hine. It is slick. It is a thing of beauty to watch. If, if you like grappling, um, he's stronger. He's shredded. He's one of my favorite fighters coming up in that division. I think the guy has a really high ceiling, and he is doing the UFC a favor in taking this fight. He made his UFC debut against. Um, Sergio Marais, up a weight class, and that fight went to a decision, and that was one of those two grapplers kind of canceled each other out. They were on the feet. Um, sub Chris Gritzmacher, sub Nick Hine. He should sub John Gunther here. 
give me Davi Hamos, give me a lot of Davi, Davi Hamos. He is going to be the highest owned fighter on the card, at least in cash games, if you can slam him in there. Um, I don't think there's even too much more to say, but Chris, do you want to add any, add anything to that? Yeah, uh, I've been I've been thinking because uh, we've been doing this show for a while, and we've all obviously been playing DraftKings before that, betting, doing whatever. I think this is the fight that I I most closely give zero percent ever to one of the fighters in the fight. I just don't see how Gunther can ever win. I mean, as as because you um, alluded to it in the in the uh, Devante Devante uh, Smith fight. Uh, Gunter's strategy is basically you can hit me with whatever you want. I'm tough enough to take it, and I'm just going to walk through and take you down. Okay, now, even if that could work here, I mean, I mean, uh, almost throws huge right hands, and Gunter's probably going to walk into him. But even if that could work here, what's he going to do? Take down Davi Hamosh? Okay. Then what? You know, is he going to is he gonna out-grapple Davi Hamosh? I, I very, very much doubt that. So... And he and he doesn't hit very hard on the feet, so I really don't even see a path for him here. I, I really don't even see. I mean, he he's a tough, tough dude. We're in Denver. How much is muscly? All that stuff. That that's the path. That's the path. Is that he survives the onslaught? Hamosh gases, yeah. and we're all sitting around going, what in the hell is happening? John Gunther's on top of Davi Hamosh for a round and a half. Right. But that's the path. But if that happens, just. Someone come check on me because I'm probably dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, as, as I'm saying it, yeah, that, that makes sense. But, I mean, like if this was a fight anywhere else in the world that wasn't like, you know, Mexico City or someplace, I, I, like if this was a, a, a regular altitude fight, a sea level fight, uh, it's it's going to be Hamosh all day. And it's got to be Hamosh anyway because, I mean, although that has a chance of happening, you can't bank on that. Maybe if you're – Maybe if you're making a bunch of lineups, like if you're making 50 lineups, like two of them can be Gunther for that reason. But otherwise, yeah, this is just Hamosh all day, and there's not much else to really say. Joe? Wow. So interesting stat on John Gunther. He is 1,000-0 wrestling llamas. Um, so that is an interesting John Gunther stat. I'm sure one llama has won. I no, I, you know, I kind of believe him. Uh, the other thing about John Gunther is – when his teammates asked him who he was fighting and he said Davi Ramos, they all said, uh-oh. Um, yeah, so I don't think his his own teammates think he's got a chance of winning here. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot more to say. Uh, the whole altitude argument, you know, yeah. I mean, we've seen some strange things happen, but I have to believe that, you know, Ramos used to be purely a jujitsu guy and he's much more of a complete fighter now. Um, I don't see how you can't pick Ramos. The only thing to be concerned about perhaps is Gunther is a tough guy. And if he doesn't get a first round finish, you better hope that you get some grappling points to, so he earns his 9.5 K salary. That's the only real way to look at this fight from a DraftKings perspective is, are you going to get, are you going to get 12 X if this goes to round two? I mean, and that's what you're probably going to need on this wackadoo card you're going to need 12 acts to win a GPP. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, so somebody saying, um, don't like how much you should destroy Gunther too quickly. Yeah, but it'll be grappling based. I'll, I'll I get what you're saying for GPP, but I'll, I'll take it in cash. Um, and I mean, he can, he can get a knockdown or two in there too. I mean, Gunther just, just, he really just lets himself get hit and, and how much throws very hard. 
And I can see if you want to, I mean, in GPPs, I mean, anything goes. If you want to fade him because he's going to be so heavily owned, hopefully he only scores 90, go go for it. KD in first round finish, that's 100. Plus whatever strikes is 102. We're signing somebody in chat. That's 10 and a half yeah. X cash games take at GPP. Depends on the card. Probably not enough to get it done, but he gets one. He gets he needs a knockdown and a takedown. Now you're at 10, you know, 105, 110 quick. So it, it kind of depends. Um, for me, I'm more of a cash player, so give me the floor. All right, let's. We spend way too much time talking about that friggin' fight. Like way too much. Oh, let's get to some chalk here. Chas Skelly, 8400. We got a few chalk fights coming up. This is not chalk. This is this is no no no. This is uh, line value, right here. Not the fight I was thinking of though. No. Where where really is? Weird. Yeah, sorry. I I I misread Bobby Moffat as as uh, Moises. We'll get to Moises later, guys. Sorry, threw myself off. Chas Skelly, eighty four hundred, taking on Bobby Moffat at seventy eight hundred. The line on this fight, there is line value minus one ten. We have a couple line value spots in this card. Minus 110 for Bobby Moffitt, Chaskelly plus 100. This fight is interesting because I think these two guys are incredibly similar. Um, not great striking, good grappling. Skelly's the better wrestler. Moffitt's the better BJJ practitioner. Moffitt is younger, UFC debut. Skelly, um, veteran, lost to Jason Knight last time out. Not great. Wins before that, Chris Gritzmacher, uh, Maximo Blanco. Also a little suspect, um, you know, going going through his UFC career, not a ton of great wins on there. Jim Ayler's, eesh. Um, ultimately, though, like I said, they're similar. The way I I get why Bobby Moffat's the favorite in a pick'em scenario, which is basically is Chas Skelly to me. I always lean towards the better wrestler. I think he'll be able to control it a little better and stay out of subs. That's why I like Chas Skelly here to win a close decision. But we have to talk about for DraftKings. The line value is on Bobby Moffitt. It's going to be popular in cash. Let me just double check. Yeah, um, Chas Skelly's never been submitted in the UFC. Might not have ever been submitted in his career. Actually, yeah, he's never been submitted in his career. On the ground, I like to control a little better. Give me Chas Skelly. I, I'm not sure he's going to score incredibly well. Skelly is the pick here. I don't know if I'm going to have a ton of him. I don't like the mid-range a ton. And for the line value, I have to consider um, Moffitt in cash, even if he's not my pick to win for $600 cheaper. Uh, Joe, what do you got? Yeah. Um, one thing about Moffitt is MMA Lab. That has been a gym that's been on an incredible role lately. Um, you know, he is an MMA Lab guy, younger, um, I don't know if Chas Skelly has plateaued. I mean, uh, his wins aren't super impressive. Uh, I remember him just getting brutalized by Darren Elkins. Um, he's 33 years old. Team Elevation, not a, I'm not sorry, not Team Elevation, Team Takedown. Not a bad team, but I just, you know, it's one of those fights where I don't see a finish necessarily, so I don't know what kind of score you're going to get out of the fight. I definitely think Moffitt is a cash play um, at his salary range. Yeah, I guess it depends on on who else, how you construct your lineup. There's there's another there's another fighter in the main event who I like that's 
fairly close in price that I think has a higher upside. If you do need two 7K guys, then I could see using Moffitt in a GPP. Uh, however, uh, I'm going to pick Moffitt to win here. I'm going to just pick the upset. Not a super high level of confidence, though. Technically, it's not an upset. Technically, you're on the do- the, the favor the line. Well, DraftKings upset. Yeah. DraftKings yeah. upset. Fair enough. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, um, I think these guys are pretty similar. The only thing um, that really stood out to me is that um, uh, what's I'm blanking on the name. What's the name? Moffat. Moffat Skelly. Skelly is that Skelly? I always do that. I don't know why. Is that Skelly is uh, is the more aggressive striker, and I think that might be enough here. Could be. Um, I, I I ordinarily wouldn't like Chaz Skelly as a striker. I think um, against a guy with uh, quick hands and who's got educated uh, fists, he's open to be countered. But uh, Moffat just hangs back a little too much for me, and I think Chaz Skelly is going to take the fight to him. And uh, he's aggressive. He's going to be in his face. I think he can get takedowns off of that very easily. And um, I think that could actually lead to kind of a high score if, you know, we get some mat returns in there and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I like I like Chaz Skelly's uh, BJJ, too. I wouldn't sleep on it. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Maximo Blanco. We all, we all remember that crazy uh, – that anaconda choke finish that happened in like 20 seconds. So I think, uh, I think he's pretty, uh, you know, he can take care of himself in the jujitsu department. Um, as I said, I like him to be the fighter going forward to push the action. I think he can build a game off of that, that, uh, can really stifle Moffat. So I'm going with Chaz Skelly here. God, me and, me and Chris actually agree going against odds value. Okay. That's oh good. Good. Amanda Bobby Cooper. Here we go. 600. Chris's girl, the one who was going to dethrone Mackenzie Dern. Oh, was she on thrown? Holy crap. That was no, no. You, you, said, you said she was going to dethrone. Dethrone? Dethrone. Dethrone. No, Chris, was, Chris, was thinking, Chris was thinking deflower, but he said dethrone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Taking on Ashley Yoder at 8,600. Uh, the line on this fight. Yoder's the favorite at minus 145. Amanda Bobby Cooper, plus 135. Before you bet on this fight, by the way, and I love trashing Amanda Bobby Cooper, I'm going to some more in a second. Just remember, Ashley Yoder is 0-3 in the UFC, and Amanda Bobby Cooper is 2-3, and but her wins are over Anna Elmos and Angela Magana. So I'm going to put those two together to form one win. And she's one and three in the UFC, and I think that's way more fair. That being said, Amanda Bobby Cooper has lost to legit competition: Mackenzie Dern, Cynthia Calvillo, Tatiana Suarez. You could argue that all three of those are going to be title challengers at some point in their career. Ashley Yoder lost Justine Kish, Mackenzie Dern as well, Angela Hill also good um, competition. So what have I seen in those fights? Yoder just to me looks like the better fighter. Um, she dropped Dern. She had a knockdown in Dern in that fight. Remember, Dern knocked down ABC Cooper. I think she can grapple a little bit. I think she'll have the grappling advantage for sure over ABC Cooper. I think she's a, far, a, a smarter fighter. I like her to be more active. I'm not in love with the price at 8600 Not sure how much you can really invest in her at 8600 I think it's a um, – I can't even say a high floor. I like her to win, but it's 
a medium floor, a low ceiling type of pick for me. So give me Ashley Oder, and I, in no way I'm playing ABC Cooper. No shot. Chris, how about your girl? Well, I'm ready to take a chance again. Okay. Subscribers. Uh, Everyone's tuning out. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I'm picking. I'm picking. Uh, and a Ashley as well. But um, uh, look, the, the thing about Ashley Yoder is she is so robotic and stiff, and a mechanical striker. Whatever you want to say about Amanda Bobby Cooper, it looks like that she's somebody who's been striking for a long time. She's light on her feet. She's got a good uh, judge of distance. And she can throw in combination. And as far as, you know, the Mackenzie Dern fight, knocking her down, doing okay in that fight, that's because a lot of that fight um, took place in the clinch because that's where Mackenzie Dern wanted it. I, I fully concede that I think Yoder would be stronger in the clinch. But I also don't think that um, Amanda Bobby Cooper uh, – I called her Ashley before, so my joke didn't work, but whatever. Well, I, also I, think that, whatever. I, also, I also think that Amanda Bobby Cooper isn't uh, – you know, I don't think she's hopeless on the ground. Um, she she looked good floating on top of uh, Angela Magana. Yeah, I know. No, the, no. I know it's kind. I know. I get. It. But that's like mounting one of us. There's a lot okay. of people that look good floating on top of Angela Magana. <laughs> um, all right. So so let me let me give you something else that that I think it would be more. Uh, she was she was um, creating scrambles in, in that Cynthia Calvillo fight. She was she was able to get herself back to her feet. She um, she uh, mistakenly went for a takedown and and got reversed. Um, that was not smart, but I I think I don't think she's completely dead on the ground. Um, and I and I think that um, yeah I, I think she's going to be a significantly better striker. I've said that before. Famous last words they were. But uh, first of all, nobody nobody predicted that, so I, I don't want to hear it. And and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I have to go with what I see. I don't love it, but um, look, everybody's gonna be down on her. The whole world is, and I think she's got some legitimate advantages here. You just can't so, leave me with those kind of openings, Chris. <laughs> oh, I uh, okay. You know, I, I guess I guess you guys can 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 do it at your peril, but. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. not she's, she's too expensive, but 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 she's the pick, and there are better dogs in my. If we didn't have Moffat, Moises, Rocky, who we're going to talk about, Yair in that range, maybe. Okay. Well, lots of I, dogs. Let me let me go well, here. So so Chris's, you know, irrespective of Chris's take about going down, um, uh, Yoder and and Yoder a AD, ADC is a match made in heaven for Yoder. I mean, if this was like a Tinder date. Um, you know, ABC would be her dream girl because what is ABC like? She loves to be taken down. What does Yoda like to do? Sorry. Take Sorry. people down. So, 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 so. Team Quest, Ashley Yoder, good team out in San Diego. That's Dan Hendo's team, Alvi, a whole bunch of other people. Um, I, this is a, I, I do agree though with Sean that this is a better fight probably to bet. Although she might get some sneaky grappling points, um, this is—I posted a parlay, a three-team par, three-fighter parlay that I did yesterday. This is the first fight on my parlay. It's uh, it's uh, Ashley Yoder. Um, all she has to do is win for the parla for the first leg of the parlay. No props, but uh, I do like Yoder here a fair amount. I think she could be a sneaky 
play um, simply because she could get grappling points. And we all know how much ABC loves to give up grappling points. Um, I don't see a lot of value in playing uh, in playing ABC, um, you know, even as a punt. Um, but so my I have a strong feeling about Yoder in this fight, and uh, I would not recommend you know going too much out on on ABC. You guys realize, and I have to let the audience know because you guys your biases are crazy. So I have to let the audience know what biases. I have to let the audience know. You realize that Cynthia Calvillo had the gator roll up her back to take her back in order to in order to get that sub, right? You think Ashley Yoder's doing that? And how easy was it for her to do how, that? How easy, How many times you've ever seen it in your life? How easy was it? But the, the idea that she let that happen. I mean, easy. come on. She's got no defense. She's got no defense. Plebs, guys. By the, way, by the way, one other point I wanted to make. All was, around me. I didn't, first of all, I didn't realize how hot Ashley Yoder was. Secondly, and more seriously, uh, I watched the weigh-ins, and uh, Cooper – she actually came from the sauna, you know, to the weigh-ins. Her top was wet. <laughs> uh, I don't know if she had the best cut. Um, so just take that for what it's worth. Um, we're going to talk about talk about someone who had a much worse cut in a few minutes. But um, Yoder looked good, um, made, made weight. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty easy for her. All right, let's move on. Luis Pena, 9,300, taking on Mike Trezano at 6,900. We have some odds value brewing here. Line hasn't flipped, but it is um, getting towards Pickham. Pena now, as I said, 9,300 minus 160. Trezano, 6,900 plus 150. So there's your odds value in terms of a punt. Um, Pena coming off a win over Richie Smolin, which might be like a win over Angel Magania. It barely counts. But he looked really good in, in in that win. Saw him in the Ultimate Fighter show. I think I think the line is closer to right now than it was. I think it might have actually gone too far. I I think I said in a podcast I would have pegged Pena around minus one eighty when this when we first started. We've gone past that now. Look, he's flashier. He's you know a really talented prospect. He's long. He's huge for the division. It's it's one of those you're not. Not totally stunned anymore, but you're surprised he can make the weight. Going to have a size advantage. Uses his length well. I think he's a better striker. Trezano is good everywhere. I'm interested to see what kind of game plan Trezano is going to come out with. Either way, I think Pena is going to be a little bit too much. I'm just not sure he gets a finish here at 9,300. I think Pena is a little overpriced. And I think people are really going to like that shtick and roster him. I think he's going to go a little overowned, even with the odds value. So, Payne is the pick, but at 9,300, give me Davi Hamosh, give me um, Macy Barber, who we're going to talk about next, even give me, who's right under, um, give me Devontae Smith before I play Luis Pena. So, that's just my take on it, but I am picking him to win. I think he's viable for those reasons. Uh, start with Joe for this one. So, bit of a backstory. Uh, I actually picked. Mike Trezano as a dark horse to win tough before the season actually started. Once I saw the roster, he's a Tiger Shulman guy. He lives one town over from where I live. Um, with that said, <laughs> um, Pena is the second leg of my three fighter parlay. Um, I don't understand the line movement. Um, <clears throat> I guess I understand it could have been a relatively small bet 
on the open that caused the line to move. I'm not sure why it hasn't tightened back up again. I don't know if somebody might know something. It's very curious to me. I'm trying to figure it out. Although we did That's see- That's what I'm worried about, by the way. So I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm worried somebody knows about an injury we don't know about. We did see a massive line swing to Derek Lewis last fight, and it obviously didn't mean all that much. So I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, well, let me just let me just jump in real quick. Sorry, it turned out that um, DC had thrown his back out, and I guess somebody knew that DC had thrown his back out earlier in the day. Uh, DC had multiple injuries. Really, was that it? Because he's he had yeah. he had he had a hand no, injury. Appara- had- apparently, the fight was almost called off the morning of. Really? He, apparently, he sneezed in the morning and threw his back out. Yeah. Jesus. Because he's forty. Apparently, he's a seventy-five-year-old man. Wow. My brother. Okay. Sorry, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so again, I, I don't get it. Like, like Sean said, Trezano is good in a lot of areas, but I haven't seen anything to indicate he's spectacular anywhere. Um, so this could be an interesting fight. I wouldn't say don't have a few shares of Trezano at his price. Um, if you're playing mass entry GPPs, uh, but I am going to pick, it was a pretty grindy fight against Giannetti. I was at that fight. Um, you know, kind of cheering him on. Uh, it was a pretty, I think he scored 57 points in the win. So the ceiling is not going to be super high. I don't see him finishing him, um, Trezano. So I don't know that his ceiling is that high. As, I don't even know if his floor is that high because he could certainly get knocked out. Um, but I think I like Pena, Pena a bit more than Devontae Smith. Um, quite a bit more, actually. So Pena is the second leg of my parlay, and I am picking him to win. Chris? So in going back and watching tape, I mean, I, I obviously picked Pena against Smolens because as a general rule, basically anytime an SPG fighter is fighting who's not named Conor McGregor, I pick against him. It seems to work out. Um, so I picked Pena in that fight, but going back and watching tape, I don't think that I like Pena all that much as a fighter. One of the things that I, I noticed right away and that happened to basically all his fight is that he's got he's got real tall man defense. And what I mean by that is he moves his head back and he doesn't take his body with him. So he tends to get tagged up by overhand rights and overhand overhands in general um, pretty regularly. Um, he does fight long, but he also has a tendency to throw jumping knees and, and some silly stuff in close range for his opponents. That's actually how uh, Smolens took him down in the fight, and, he, and he's done that in other fights as well. Um, I, I do I do like uh, that he throws in combinations. I like uh, his kicking game, but I think Trezano's got a good kicking game of his own, and I think it's sharp. And I think what's really gonna what's really gonna be uh, interesting to me in this fight is who wins the pressure war because both of these guys like to pressure forward. Um, I think it's it's going to be imperative that Trezano wins it and, and takes away um, all that length and all that reach. But um, I'm not I'm not 100% sure that um, Payne isn't the better fighter, quite honestly. I just think the, the line is, is really off and the DraftKings price is really off um, because of what Sean alluded to about, you know, violent Bob Ross and he's a character and everybody loves him now. Plus he had it. Plus he got a nice win. Um, but yeah, I, I I look at that price at what, what was it sixty nine hundred? Yep. And uh, I I consider this fight far closer than that. So I'm gonna be 
I'm going to be on uh, Trezano here a fair bit. Cool. All right, moving on. Macy Barber, 9,400, taking on Hannah Cyphers at 6,800. Line in this fight, Barber minus 395, Hannah Cyphers plus 350. Um, both making their UFC debut. I believe Cyphers coming in on short notice. Uh, Macy Barber looks to be legit. She is young. She's 20 years old. Um, impressive win. They know I choose in a contender series. You know, wins in LFA. She's always a big favorite in those fights, but gets the job done. Uh, she can grapple. She's going to have a decided grappling advantage in this fight should uh, she go there. She should take her down, ground and pound her out of there, and actually get a, a finish uh, on the women's side. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Hannah Cyphers, while both of them honestly have been can crushing, has been crushing the worst cans of the two. Looks like she has power, but again, she's, she's hitting bums, so I, it's hard to really judge, but she throws hard. I will steal some of Joe's thunder. If you want to see someone who looks like they're going to shit their pants during a stare down, go watch the stare down between Macy Barber and Hannah Cyphers. She, I don't know if she knew where, where she was. It was bizarre. Like she couldn't care less and was terrified. So yeah, we are giving me Macy Barber. I also think everyone's going to be taping up for Davi Hamosh. I think Barber is just as safe, probably a little bit lower of a ceiling but an interesting GPP pivot because it's going to be hard to roster both of them. So give me Macy Barber um, pretty decisively here. Chris? Yeah, um, this is this is kind of a, a weird fight for me. First of all, uh, uh, Barber's opponent, uh, Ciphers, Ciphers? Ciphers. Um, Ciphers. She, um, if you want to look at her fights, you can go on YouTube and – it looks like they were all um, posted on an MMA subreddit with a handy cam, and then somebody ported them over to YouTube because there's commentary of what looks like or sounds like either like a younger sister or somebody and all of them basically screaming, let's go, let's go, which is which is enthralling. It's better than Mike Goldberg. So, um, Oh, easy I, now. I just – I I was waiting for somebody to catch that. I um, – I – I agree with Sean, although, I mean, he said it, but he kind of, I, I would say emphatically that I think she does have power. I mean, I, I agree that they're cans, but I mean, if they weren't, if they, I mean, we've seen people have cans and if they don't have power, they don't go down. So I, I would think she at least has some power. I, don't I also know. agree. I, I don't know because if you, if you or anyone else were to throw a jab, you'd look like Mike Perry hitting me. Like I would, like, no thanks. No, I, no, I, I hear you, but, um, the other, the other thing to point out is like she 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 catches her opponents doing like like one one uh one girl literally threw a hook that missed by like two inches and then she threw the counter shot so uh, obviously uh, Macy Barber is the much more technical striker. The problem I'm having here with saying oh Macy Barber all the way is that she sticks her chin out so high she gets she gets tagged she got tagged by uh. I, I forget the name, unfortunately, of, of the woman in her contender series fight. But uh, she was get, she got tagged up by her a couple times. She just, I mean, she doesn't have any head movement. She stands up way tall. And if Sifers has power, you know, I, that's got to be a concern. I think, obviously, Barbara's the more polished striker. I like her kicking game. I, I, I like her grappling technically. But I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that she'll be the stronger, like physically stronger person here inside the clinch and stuff that that 
I mean, again, I was watching fights on a blurry, like, handy cam. But, but it seems like what Sefers likes to do is um, sort of attrit the gas tank and, um, you know, sort of make it an ugly fight. And, um, you know, and l- like you said, again, Sean, 20 years old. So um, can she de- – we're at, we're at a weird stage in that of, like, what can you deal with? Like, every fight of hers going forward, even if you're like, okay, well, she's got a lot of skills over this person – She's still going to have to deal with something new pretty much every time out. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. The pick is Barber for the reasons I mentioned. But, um, you know, I wouldn't just close my eyes and pick it. I'll tell you that much. Joe? Yeah, so we got the female Rory McDonald in Barber. Uh, I'm someone, uh, you know, training MMA. Um, On paper, anyway, this is a fight that the UFC he wants her to win. I mean, it's it's relatively a local fight for her. Uh, this person, Cyphers, was not, um, you know, on on the UFC's radar. Um, you know, they they kind of just brought her in for this fight. I thought the same as Sean um, relative to how she looked at weigh-ins and on the stare down, and apparently in the media scrum. I have since had some people reach out to me and say, no, 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 I've trained with her. Um, you know, that is just her personality. She doesn't talk much. She really doesn't have any fear. Um, she will, as you could see in the ceremonial stare down, she will be at a size disadvantage ciphers. Um, you know, with that said, you know, she really doesn't have a whole lot to lose here. Um, she really is being brought in to lose. This is a showcase fight for Barbara. And let's not forget that it took her to the third round to get that win. Um, not too many fighters uh, that went into the third round on Dana White Contender Series got contracts. Um, so it did take her to the third round to finish that fight. So with all that said, um, I would be less surprised here by Cyphers doing well versus, say, Gunther against Ramos. Um, I am going to pick Barber to win just because I think it's one of those setup fights that the UFC – has got someone they want to market, um, very young, um, not as good-looking as, say, Paige Van Zandt, but, you know, a marketable fighter. So I will pick Barber. All right, next up we have Benil Dariush, 8,700, taking on, I wish my first name, it is Tiago Moises, 7,500. Well, welcome to line value, the biggest line value on the card. No, it, it's no. actually changed a little bit. This line's going all over the Dang place. So Tiago Moises opened up at plus 150. And I was thinking of when I recorded my podcast two days ago, he was down to plus 120. And I thought it was going to keep going that way. It's back up to plus 135. Benil Dariush is the favorite, minus 145. Uh, Moises, I believe he's also 20 years old. Saw a picture of him um, during his media obligations. Dude looks shredded. Um, I always sound so. I always feel so creepy saying it, but he's really growing, growing into his potty, like the, um, like Jake Matthews. You know, he's just getting older and bigger. He's in an age where you you grow quick. Benil Dariush is on a three fight winless streak, 0-2 and one. Edson Barbosa winning that fight till he got viciously knocked out. Evan Dunham um, won the first round, decisively lost the next two, and then was thunderstruck by Alex Hernandez. Moises. Has some good BJJ. There's video of a helicopter armbar he hit out there. 
Ultimately, Dariush is the better fighter who should win. He's also a BJJ black belt. But the question is, how shot is Benil Dariush? I'm going to pick him here because I do think he's the better overall fighter. But I don't know how much money I can invest in him. And I'm kind of glad the odds value is opened up on Bobby Moffat so I can get away from uh, Tiago Moises. But, yeah, give me Benil Dariush. I think he's a little better everywhere. The experience carries him through. But if he turns out he's shot, I am 0% zero, zero surprised. Uh, who are we starting with for this one? Chris, you're up. Oh, no, Joe? Me. I think it's Joe. Yeah. Sorry. Joe, you're up. So, um, first of all, he's 23. Okay. And when he, was, when he was 20 years old, he actually lost to Jason Knight. Um, <clears throat> when he was 20 years old, which I guess you could forgive a 20-year-old for losing to Jason yeah. Knight. Um, Benny has got to win this fight. I mean, you know, Benny is was a top three, um, you know, it, a top three fighter in arguably the best division in the UFC uh, a few short years ago. He's only 29 years old. Um, I actually picked Benny to beat Vic um, in that fight. And, and you know, I th <laughs> that was, I think, the last fight he won. Um, the split decision against Dunham was not a good look for him. Um, you know, Benny is such a good ground fighter that I don't know if he maybe fell in love with his hands a little too much. He did have one good round against Barbosa. Um, you know, Benny has got to decide whether he wants to be a fighter. And that's always seemed to be the issue with him. You know, he's got like opening a gym and he's doing this and he's doing that. And, you know, he's talking about coaching if he still wants to be a fighter and still wants to make a run at 155, he's only 29 years old and he's got a lot of skill. So I'm going to say that ben, this is a fight that Benny is going to win, um, that he should be able to win relatively easy. Um, would I be surprised if he didn't? No, because we, you know we, we've seen it in the past, his lack of focus. But I am going to give Benny one more chance to be a fighter here and to just show this kid um, how much better he is everywhere. So my pick is Benil Dariush uh, by finish. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. And I will say I think that most people are going to be on the side of Moises. They see the shot fighter. I, 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 at least that's what I've seen around. I'm actually thinking Moises is going to carry some ownership here. Probably. Chris, are, are you with the people or are you going to – are you going to stick to your outlaw, outcast roots and join us over here picking Benil Dariush? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a man of the people, uh, Sean. Uh, yeah. I, uh, of course you're taking the dog here. Oh, of course. I think, I think um, look, I, I don't think they're doing Benil Dariush any favors with these two guys. You want to say that he should have beat um, Alex Hernandez because he's the veteran? Fine. But I think both of these guys are really sharp as far as prospects go. Come on, um, let's talk about what happened with Hernandez, though. Berryush, now, granted, he sh you should be ready at all times as a fighter. He thought they were going to touch gloves. No, I mean, no, you know, I know. But, I mean, that was a little crazy. I don't, I don't, I'm not get finished until like a minute and a half later. So, I mean, that uh, didn't have that much to do with it. Yeah, I think it did. Well, all right. Well, in any, in any case, I think, um, I think Darius's problem, I think Sean, either Sean or, or one of you touched on it. I wasn't really listening. Um, that uh, he tends to fall in love with his striking. I, yes. I think his I think his hands are, are just really slow. Uh, especially he throws really slow looping overhands, and that's what I mean. Alex Hernandez just murders him with that counter and just knocks him out. Uh, I think Moises has some fast hands. He's he's sort of a burst fighter. Um, so I mean a bit like a like a 
not skill wise, of course, but a bit like a Yoel Romero or something. He tends to just sort of shotgun uh, punch combinations and then he'll take a rest. He's got a good kicking game as well. Um, you mentioned the the he's got a good BJJ uh, background. He's got some subs on his record. I think Dariush is going to have to have to um, win the pressure battle here because if he lets that that's how that's how Moises uh, lost led to the loss of his last the last fight he lost against a gentleman whose name I cannot remember. Um, but uh, I I really think that. Um, He's got to take Moises' weapons away here. If he allows himself to get stormed on again, he's just he's going to get overwhelmed again, I think. Um, but if he keeps his forward pressure, I think he's got a chance to win if he relies on his wrestling. We'll see what uh, Moises' bottom game looks like. But overall, uh, he just looks so slick to me, and he looks like the faster guy, probably the more powerful guy, so I'm going to go with Moises. All right, Jermaine Durand, I'm 8,800. Rocky Raquel Pennington, 7,400. Odds on this fight, Pennington Dog, plus 175. me the favorite, minus 190. Uh, I would have been saying it on Twitter. I'll say it again. I would rather trust my one-year-old daughter with Mike Perry for the day than risk my money on Jermaine Durandamy. That's just how it is. Even if you think she's going to win this fight, she scores trash on DraftKings, especially at 8,800. Um, Holly Holm, five rounds, 70 points. Anna Elmos, it's Anna Elmos. Uh, Pacheco. Uh, a second-round knockout, still just scored 85. Not a lot of volume. Rocky hits a path path to victory in the grappling. Um, I know people saw Rocky want to quit between rounds four and five in a title fight. I get it. She did take down Nunez, um, was just ultimately beat, beat up in that fight. She also doesn't score great in her wins in the mid-60s, but she's 7,400. I think she has a path here. The concern, which Joe will touch on, is – this ridiculous weight cut she went through. She did miss weight. She looked terrible. Short notice. Is a hometown fight? Is it elevation? I need some dogs. Give me Raquel Pennington. I see a clear path to victory here. I'm not going to give up on her quite yet. And like I said, Jermaine Durandam is a fighter I have no interest in ever risking money on. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, my path for her isn't all that clear, although I agree that um, – I agree that uh me is probably not good for DraftKings. I just think I just think like her understanding of range is 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 so good that um Rocky's not gonna really hit her with, with any strikes. I could see her falling short a lot and getting countered. The one thing Durandomy has going for her is um she's got vicious counter striking. We saw a little of that in the home fight. Um I yeah, you know, the wrestling obviously plays and, and we'll have to see what kind of work she's been doing there. The one thing that you have to mention, and this is in conjunction with, um, you know, the bad weight cut. I mean, so not only does she have a bad weight cut and we're in Denver, but now we're asking her to wrestle her way to victory in Denver. That could have tread her gas tank uh, pretty quickly, I think. So, um, yeah, it, it's just tough for me to pick, um, to pick, you know, a fighter coming in on some adversity already who I think in the, in the primary mode isn't, isn't doesn't have the advantage by a long shot isn't really the best wrestler you've ever seen i mean yeah she hits some nice reactives well most of her most of her doubles come against the cage um and you have you have to at least consider the possibility that um durandamy has the footwork to get away i'm gonna pick durandamy here just because i think this is um this is a pretty secure spot for her but as you guys are so fond of saying i think this is a better um line of bet than it is to play on draft yep 
Yeah, I'm so disappointed here. Um, you know, because I really, really, really liked Rocky at 7.4K. I mean, this was going to be a big investment for me. Um, and thankfully, well, not thankfully, I got sick, so I really haven't made any lineups yet. Um, but I was, I was so looking at using Pennington in so many different lineups. And then I see her walk out, you know, during the way and with her shirt on, looking so drawn out. And then they have to put the little hoopty thing around her. And she's so wasted that even when she was two pounds over with that hoopty thing on her, she didn't even bother to get back dressed. They just walked her out with the hoopty thing on. Um, and later, I guess she said it was a, or she said it was some type of thyroid issue. But there were so many great narratives. One, she's been an active fighter. She's fought a higher level of competition. Um, she trains in Colorado and lives in Colorado. So the gas tank should should be much better than Durandamy. You know, Durandamy trains in, in a place that's flatter than a pre-boob job pain Van Zant, Holland. I mean, Jesus, there's no place flatter than Holland, right? So, I mean, come on, seriously, right? So she should have had the gas tank issue, the activity issue, um, you know, the competition issue. Everything would have should have been working in her favor, and then I see this weight cut. So I'm I'm down. I mean, and then, of course, Durandamy comes out, you know, at 135 after having fought at 145, looking friggin' great. Um, you know, bouncing off the scales. So that really, really worries me. Um, I will probably still have a few shares of Pennington. It's really hard for me to pick her to win, though, after how bad she looked. Um, I hate I hate this. I'm going to have to pick GDR to win, even though I don't want to. Um, I am probably not going to have much of her on DraftKings. I probably will have more Pennington just simply for the price. But... I really, really wanted to pick Rocky to win here. It's just hard for me to do it as bad as she looked um, for that I, weight cut. I will say, and I think just to just to be um, as fair as we can, it, I think it, it bears noting that you know bad weight cuts aren't everything. You know, remember the bad weight cut Aspen Ladd had, and uh, you know she came out and, and looked great and finished. Uh, uh, what's her face? So um, no, there's been a good record of fighters missing weight, but I mean, I usually want to see people like Mackenzie Dern, who misses weight and then goes to the buffet. I mean, those are the kind of people I want to see miss weight, you know? I yeah, it. I get it. All right, moving on. Mike Perry, 8,900, taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone, 7,300. Perry, the favorite in this one, minus 185. Come back on Cerrone, plus 170. Cerrone says he's going to want to wrestle. Or it says, it says he's going to stand and trade with Perry. Perry says that's not true. Cerrone's going to try and wrestle. I tend to think they're actually going to stand in trade. We got a lot of bad blood here. The camp split of um, Jack Swinklejohn. I like Mike Perry. I think Cerrone's on the down on the downswing here. He also narrative wise does badly when people are mean to him. Um, so take take that for for what it is. True. Ultimately, at the end of his career here, I think Perry finds something. Perry is tough. I think even if Cerrone gets him down, I think Perry will be able to get back up. Either way, I, I see this fight ending inside the distance, so it's a good GPP fight to target. Give me Mike Perry by knockout. Joe, what do you got? So, you know, Perry's going to be the bigger fighter, the stronger fighter. The one advantage, and, and you had a good point. Um, I was going to make it, but you already made it. Cerrone seems to win, at, the, at least at this stage in his career, he seems to win those fights where guys are kind of like buddy-buddy. 
with them, you know, like happy to be in the ring, you know, like going back to even Cowboy Oliveira, you know, like I, I can't imagine that, you know, Cerrone now would last around with with Cowboy Oliveira in his, you know, in, in his present state. But, you know, all these guys who are buddy-buddy with him tend to 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 do, he tends to do okay with. Um, you know, I, I think Perry will blitz him. However, the one advantage that Cerrone has, and look, I mean, I, I think a popsicle would have this advantage over Mike Perry, is fight Smarter. IQ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, let's, let's be real about this, okay? Um, you know, so can Cerrone perhaps try to, I, I honestly think though, Cerrone would have to probably choke him unconscious or break something. Cause I, I can't imagine that Perry would, would tap out to something, you know, as simple as an arm bar or a choke. Um, uh, so that's the chance I give Cerrone is that I, I would be shocked if he could win this striking, but if he could somehow get him in a compromising position on the ground, at what 7.3k, which is why I would probably have a few shares a Cerrone here, but I'm I'm gonna pick Perry to win. Chris, yeah, um, I I forget what was going on with with uh, Cerrone prior to his last fight. He had the flu or something all day. He said they almost they almost didn't fight. There was something wrong with um, there was something wrong with uh, Cowboy before the Leon Edwards fight. Um, I, I seem to remember that. And I think that um, if I am correct, and I think that I am, that he had the flu, um, maybe we didn't see the best Cerrone because I think I think the Cerrone that we saw in the um, Yancey Madero's fight is actually a buddy, buddy. template. Buddy, buddy, kissing his grandmother. I well, mean, no, but Jesus, that's, come on. But I thought you were calling me buddy. Now, no, now no, no. Like, he, he was, okay. Madero's was buddy. No, no, I know, but, but I think I think there's a good template. I mean, more more so the the buddy buddy thing. I think from a, like a technical perspective, Cerrone, um, you know, falls down against guys who pressure him, right? But I think yeah. I think we saw um, in that uh, in that Madero's fight, we saw a little bit more of like Madero's is sort of a guy. He keeps his head on the center line. He moves in straight, and we actually saw some decent counter striking from Cerrone there. At multiple at multiple points in that fight, he would take his head off center, and he and he would pop uh, he would pop uh, Medeiros, and he knocked him down twice doing that exact thing. I think Mike Perry, camp change and all. I know he's supposed to be a smarter game plan, more game plan oriented fighter now since now he's a Jackson Wing. I think that Mike Perry is gonna end up doing Mike Perry things. I think he's gonna walk in on straight lines, and I think that if Cerrone is in good health, which we don't have any reason to believe he's not. I think he can catch him and tag him up there too. Don't forget too. I, I, obviously, I think Joban has better footwork, but don't forget too that Perry's first loss came against the Muay Thai striker because he couldn't handle the kicks. And we all know how dangerous and vicious Cerrone's kicks are. So who who hits man. harder, Chris? Who hits harder, Mike Perry or Masvidal? Uh, probably Mike Perry probably hits harder than most guys in that division. But but, but, but Masvidal's uh, a more technical boxer. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I can yeah, see Cerrone yeah. getting knocked out here. Somebody, somebody I, in chat is, is saying that, that Perry's also choked a bunch of times. Look, he's, I think he's lost. Is he lost three in a row now? Is that what we're up to? He lost to... No, he beat Paul Felder. Yeah, that's right. Paul Felder. right so, but he lost to Alan Joban, you know, guy with zero chin. That was a, a little bit younger, Alan Joban, and he just never touched him the whole fight. Joban, I think it's a good fight to target. Right. For he, sure. He, Joban stayed away. 
Max Griffin, same thing, stayed away. If Cerrone fights smart, he can win. He absolutely can, as uh, Marco say this in chat. It's possible. I think they're going to stand and trade, and Cerrone has problems when he gets pressured. I don't think he's going to be able to circle off like those guys. I just don't. Now, Cerrone, he might not, but there's a lot of possibilities in your lineup construction if yeah, you play Cerrone, could, though. Cerrone's path to victory is the grappling. Which you, you could play both Barber and Ramos in a lineup if you if you use Cerrone and do it the right way. Interesting. All right, yeah. we're going a little long. Let's talk about the main event. Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung, 8,500, taking on Yair Pantera, not Pantoja, Rodriguez at 7,700. Some line value. Yair is now the favorite. Let's pick him in a lot of books. I'm looking at five dimes. He's a small favorite. Minus 108 to minus 102, so really tight. I like Yair to win. They're going to stand and trade. I, uh, Chan Sung Jung is never in a boring fight. It seems like stand and trade with Yair, I think that spells problems. Uh, five rounds to work with. Obviously, for me, the stack is in play on DraftKings. A lot of possibilities open up with salary for, for Yair. Give me Yair Rodriguez to uh, land a knockout here. There's a lot of narrative on both sides, which, you know what? Instead of going over, I'll just let Joe go over the narrative. Joe, what do you got for both? Yeah, of so, you know, we've got uh, a knee injury. We don't. I don't know that we know exactly which knee that – the Korean, the Korean zombie is is has hurt. Large amount. I, I'm pretty sure nay too. A large amount of inactivity, like one fight in in what four years. Um, the last fight was was um, the Bermuda right. knockout. Bermudez, right, right. But that before that, he had military service. Right, right, right. Right. So it's there. You know, very. You know, look. I'm I'm going to go with the younger guy. Um, you know, who I hope had has been using his downtime to get better. And one thing that, that Yair can do is kick. So I think if he can find that knee, whichever one that might be, he could, you know, even Brutus was getting off on, on the zombie. He just doesn't hit hard enough, okay. um, but he was getting off on him. Um, so, you know, and this is, by the way, is the third leg of my three leg parlay is Yair Rodriguez here. So that's obviously my pick. Um, interesting opens up a, opens up some possibilities on DraftKings at his price point. And this is like, again, true line value with the line having flipped. Um, so there's definitely uh, some lineups that you could build around Yair if you really like him. Um, I think it's a decent fight to target. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not playing cash this week. So I, I, I will not comment on the stackability of this fight, but um, I will probably have a few shares of the Korean zombie, but based on my early lineup constructions, I will be, I will have far more shares of yeah, Rodriguez. Chris. Yeah. Um, I get the um, trepidation around the Korean zombie. Obviously you guys mentioned it, the injury and then the service before that, but he does something that um, is very, is very, uh, very good for beating fighters like Yair Rodriguez. Non-stop pressure, constant pressure, always in his face. Can't get off those kicks if uh, if if Korean Zombie's doing that. I, I would also say that um, saying that he got tagged up in the Dennis Bermuda, Bermuda's fight is true, but I don't think it applies here because Bermuda's is a way better boxer than Yair Rodriguez is. I don't think Yair Rodriguez is a counterpuncher. I think he actually showed a, was showing a little bit of it um, in that Frankie Edgar fight for as long as it did stay on the feet. 
So maybe he's getting better at it, maybe, but I don't know. I, if if Jung does uh, what he always does, I have a hard time thinking that um, yeah, he's just going to land a jump knee or something and 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 put him to bed with it. Uh, you know, we saw him take a, a bunch of hard shots from Bermudez, hence the nickname. I understand everybody's trepidations, as I said, but I'm going uh, I'm going Jung here. Okay. Yeah, some, some people are saying he's live. Absolutely. I, I do think he's live. He will be lower owned. Um, totally in play. All right. A bit of a long episode, but let's still do our hot takes. Guys, what do you got? What's a hot take for UFC Denver? Hmm. Uh, Anyone got, got anything queued up? No. Uh, I mean, uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper wins by, by first round clean knockout. I mean, I, I, can, I can pretty much pick. I can pretty much. I got my pick of the litter here because I pick, I picked so many dogs. You let me pick let me, that let many. Me um. Well, I I give I give I give dogs a chance to win. I'll say that I'll say that much. It's but um. All right. Let me see here. Um. Hmm. Uh, I'll take I'll take um, Trezano to get a finish over Pena. Catch him with one of those overhands. Jesus. Okay. That that's a pretty hot take, Joe. You got one. Not yet. Go ahead. You go. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. I'm still scrolling here too. Uh, Let's go with. All right. I'll just I'll just go. Give me Raquel Pennington to win by rear naked choke. All right. Okay. Um, a female fighter will be on the op lineup for Mass Entry GPP. Uh, got three fight. You had three women's fights. I don't know how hot that is, Joe. Okay. Uh, let me back up then. Um, yeah. Well. If you're gonna tell me one of the one of, one of one of the favorites is on the optimal lineup, I'll give you that. Okay, no, let's do my let's do my upset then. Uh, my upset is gonna be uh, uh, Devonte Smith gets finished late. Oh, holy crap! Wow, that's, you know, yeah, that's that's much. You just picked Julian Juicy J Arosa. You know, it's it's not impossible. It's not it's impossible. Not, late, he, late. He, yep, he could fade in Denver. It's not impossible, yeah. but it's definitely a hot take. Guys, thank you for watching, listening. Make sure and like, subscribe, follow all of us on Twitter. Go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Leave us some comments. Hit us up on Twitter. I love, I love talking fights with you guys. And by the way, I got a quick shout-out to whoever I think is, the name is John Church on, on Twitter who is with us, behind us, harassing Jake Latarski and everyone else that's, uh, uh, who's yes, at Roto-Wire yes. and, and Sirius in general. So, John, keep up the good work. Anyone else want to join in? We should be on Sirius. Let's go. That is the ultimate mission. going to slowly crawl up these, these YouTube um, views. Send this video to two friends, and they send it to two friends, and they send it to two friends. And meanwhile, Joe has taken down the big GPP for DraftKings. And if it's not him, and it's not me, and it's not Chris, I hope it's one of you guys. I was Lucky. close last week. I had yeah. that sweat going into the. I had that sweat going into the final fight, sitting in first place. Oh. I know it take, sucked. We're going to take one of these down this year, and I'm still waiting on on the guy who won la last week to send us the um, screenshot. So please DM me that if you're listening. We'll wrap this up. Uh, up though, guys, this was fun as always. 
Have a good week. Enjoy the fights. See you next week. Later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.